We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro, here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it is our first podcast of 2024, and just like we expected, of course, we are talking about whether or not the playoff-bound Los Angeles Rams should be playing their starters in Week 18. Uh, what a world. How are we feeling, man? Happy New Year. Uh, uh, yes, indeed. A, a great New Year. I mean, hell of a way to start off the New Year seeing that the Rams are not only playoff bound, but are so com- uh, comfortable enough that they don't really need to play any starters if they don't want to because it's a meaningless game. And you got to love that considering that I predicted this team, this same team to win only four games. Also, I'd like to throw out that I won my fantasy football league. So, yay. Congratulations, buddy. Uh, I came in second in the Rams Talk Fantasy League, which Derek scheduled while I was in Italy. So, shout out to the Auto Draft for helping me out. Shout out to you and Derek both who drafted your teams and did not make the playoffs. Uh, But I won a couple other ones. Actually, Uh, I didn't draft my team. <laughs> love love that for you buddy uh <laughs> i had a train of thought okay i did want to say like neither of us picked the rams to go to the playoffs obviously and there's been a, a decent amount of like victory lapping online about the people who didn't who thought the rams would make the playoffs like let, let's cut that out there were <laughs> I believe that some people thought the Rams make the playoffs, but like the things that happened for the Rams to get to this point were not things people predicted. Like nobody was saying Kyron Williams would be an 
playing at an all-pro level. Nobody would be saying Puka Nakua would be the best rookie wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Like, the cons- a, a vast majority of the concerns we had going into this season have have just straight up like been what we thought they would like we had a lot of concerns about the secondary and they're bad but other things have happened that I don't think people anticipated and I don't think you know pull up the receipts show me I'm wrong if I said at some point that this team had absolutely no chance of making the playoffs I think I said if a lot of things go their way I could see them being in the mix for the six or the seven seed and a lot of things, not not the things I expected to go their way happening, but like some of the variables like Matthew Stafford, is he going to be back to form? That was the big variable we had. Yes, he has been. Can the offensive line hold up and be productive? Yes, they can. Other variables like can this secondary be playable at times, but they've been pretty bad. They were bad on Sunday. We'll talk about that. The pass rush, you know, has been better than I thought, um, but those concerns are still there. Like, we definitely need to add an edge rusher in the offseason. Luckily, Kobe Turner, another guy that nobody saw coming doing this, has been great. So uh, I'm happy for the people out there that predicted this team to make the playoffs. You are correct. I still think it was a little delusional at the time, but I don't know, man. I think we got to be like, I don't like the fuck the haters mentality. Like this was not a good roster heading into the season. And a lot of guys who we did not expect to be the guys that would lift this team up are the guys lifting this team up. Pull up the receipts of somebody before the season telling us that Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, and Kobe Turner would be the difference makers on this team to a playoff run, Johnny. Those people, those those receipts do not exist. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Because uh, you know, you you could make an argument for people expecting good things for Puka Nakua, but no one, no matter even if you're Puka's like relatives, you're not expecting him to be the best rookie wide receiver quite possibly in NFL history. That that's like such a huge reach for a fifth round wide receiver. Now, don't get me wrong. It's great that it's that it's pretty much happening, but at the same time it's like no one's predicting that at the start of the season. And I don't think there was any indication that Kyron Williams was even going to be the starter this season. So is it surprising that he took it from Cam Akers? Maybe not, but even still, like do you expect him to be one of the best running backs. I mean, you could make an argument that he's a top five running back right now. I, I, I genuinely think he might make an all-pro team. He's definitely going to be a pro bowler. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday night. I think the pro bowlers get announced tomorrow. Uh, and I was thinking about this today. I think the only locks for the Rams, in my opinion, are Aaron Donald and Kyron Williams. I, Even though he's only played 12 games, I, just, I do not see a case for three running backs in the NFC to make the Pro Bowl over Kyron Williams. And honestly, you know, Christian McCaffrey is definitely going to be the first-team All-Pro running back. There's a case for Kyron being the next guy up. He's second in the league in rushing yards. 
He's played <laughs> 12 games. He's played four games less than uh, a lot of these other guys. He's leading the NFL in yards per game. Uh, it, like, yeah, he. I think he's going to be an all-pro, which is, you know, it, could I have seen a world where Kyron Williams was the lead back on the team? Of course, uh, especially when we didn't see him in the preseason, which I you can pull up those receipts because I said that was silly and I was wrong there. Uh, but like this, the, the level he's playing at, and we've seen like we have literally seen the difference of what him being on the field makes to this team versus when he's not out there. Like if you point to one player who was the biggest difference maker on the Rams this year that we didn't account for to be that guy because obviously like Aaron Donald would be number one, but it's Kyron Williams, man. He's elevated this team uh, to a, to an unbelievable extent. And for for all the stuff we can say about warranted doubting of this team, we can also tip our hats to McVay and Snead for getting these guys in the building and developing them and keeping the faith that they can be good players. Yeah, there, there's absolutely no question there whatsoever. And, you know, I, I again, I can't help but, you know, be a little bit shocked and a little bit proud of, uh, you know, we may not always agree with uh, Sean McVay and Les Snead, but, hell, th- this is proof that he's – that both of them kind of knows a little more than the average fan. Yeah. <laughs> And that's again, even when we've like ragged on the two two outwell pick for three years, at least the two of us on this podcast acknowledge that they know substantially more about this shit than we do. I I will never ever act like I know more about anything football related than Les Need, even if I'm criticizing some of the decisions he's made. Uh, I do want to ask quick, Johnny, do you think they'll have any? additional pro bowlers besides Aaron Donald and Kyron Williams. Personally, uh, I have thought about this quite a bit today. I think Stafford is the quarterback alternate. I think it ends up being Purdy, Hurts, and Dak. Uh, And I think Puka ends up being an alternate receiver. Unfortunately, it's so obviously he is playing. He's playing an all pro level. And I put this on Twitter today, like, there is a chance he doesn't make a Pro Bowl and is a second-team All-Pro. But you look at the guys in the mix for the NFC, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Puka. I think it probably ends up being Lamb, A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Mike Evans. But it's just, it's so stacked. And I'm sure one of those guys will not play and Puka will get the call. But uh, beyond that, I don't know. I... Offensive lineman, I think Kevin Dotson deserves it. I don't think he's going to get selected. There's a case for Ernest Jones. There's a case for Kobe Turner. I don't. I don't think those guys end up getting in. I I would absolutely love to see Kobe Turner get in because I feel like he deserves it. But I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think he's you know that well known of a player to to kind of get you know in. As far as uh, anyone else, I I'm pretty sure Puka's going to get in. I think if it's there's tough, anyone, though, man, it, it like all of those guys are playing at an outrageous level. They are, they are. But if there's anyone else that can get in, I think it's Puka. Yeah, yeah. I, it's hard. I, I think he pro he, 
if he makes it in over any of those guys, I think it would probably be St. Brown, maybe Mike Evans, but uh, CD Lamb is uh, like obviously a lock. He's going to be a first team All Pro, and I think AJ Brown probably a lock too. And then it's those three guys. I think Brandon Ayuk has a case, but I think he's the farthest guy out. Yeah, I I kind of agree there. I, I don't think Ernest Jones has a shot. Um, I, I'd like him to, but yeah, I, I think they're certainly better ahead of him. I, I really do hope Kobe Turner makes it, but I doubt it. There's been a lot of discussion about how he's not even like listed on gambling websites on the defensive rookie of the year odds, which uh, is a whole thing in a debate that I am honestly unprepared to have. Uh, but it is crazy that like he's not even he's not even being talked about in the mix for that award when he absolutely should be. And I think we'll definitely be all rookie, like no question. He has to be. He has to be because the dude. Dude definitely deserves it. No question whatsoever. We're going to be filling out a lot of those spots in the all-rookie team, I think, uh, which will be fun. I'm excited about that. Um, We got a lot to talk about today. I think before we really rattle into it, let's just take a quick break for one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so Sunday, the Rams played the Giants. They won 25 to 26. I was going to a, a wedding on Sunday, so I like half watched this game where it aired when it aired, and I I rewatched it yesterday. And like, boy, man, <laughs> they absolutely did not deserve to win this game. I will gladly take it. Uh, they have been on the other side of some wonky games this year. Like you look at the Bengals, you look at the Steelers. Those are games that they probably should have won and just kind of gave away. So it was nice to be on the side of a game where like. The Giants were just begging them, begging them to win this game. And ultimately, they ended up winning it uh, because, man, they, they look they, they did not look great here. They really didn't. They had every opportunity to lose this game, and somehow they ended up winning. Uh, it, it's bizarre to me. And literally every aspect of this team. You know, every side of the ball, whether it be offense, defense, special teams, 
every aspect of this team was trying to give the game to the Giants. And the Giants was like, nah, no, no, no. We want to, we want a better draft pick. Take the, take the W, take the W, get in, get in the playoffs. We, we want that draft pick. They, they should have so easy. Like, I don't think they should have gone for two uh, when they did at the end of the game, but they should have so easily had that conversion and just, drop the ball I mean, the Rams in this game gave up two touchdowns of 80 or more yards they gave up a 94 yard punt return uh, like like Jesus Christ man this was uh, I don't I'm not I don't really have any lingering like concerns about the team after this game like look the secondary played bad in this game uh, I think they were the clear weak point especially in a game where we sacked Tyrod Taylor six times for him to still go for 319 yards uh, against the receiving core that look like Slayton, Wandell Robinson, Jalen Hyatt. They're all good, like NFL receivers. None of them are number one guys. And theoretically, like this is a team we should be, and Tyrod Taylor, who I would love at some point to be the Rams' backup quarterback, is definitively a backup quarterback. And, like, this passing – not that they, like, carved us up front to back. Like, the re, the passing plays where we got stops was because our pass rush was great in this game. Uh, Kobe Turner, we called him out before, man. A man's day out there, 10 pressures, two and a half sacks. Him and Aaron Donald both had over 91 pro football focus grades. It's like – you can point the finger somewhere in this game. It's at special teams, and it's at – the secondary uh, and a little bit of some mistakes on Stafford's end and on turning the ball over. What do we have? Three, four turnovers in this game. Three, I think. Uh, so just mistakes all around. It was such a sloppy game. And if we play like this in the first round of the playoffs, we are going to be sent home very quickly. Uh, but I think it is, you know, they've been playing so well since the bye. They probably needed this to an extent to humble themselves a little bit, but I'm just glad we won because, uh, even though they probably win next week with for a meaningless 49ers game either way, this gives us a little more breathing room. We have clinched. We're in. Yeah, that's that's really all that matters at this point. Really, no no seeding makes that big of a difference, if you ask me. Uh, because they can either win the sixth or the seventh seed, so... <laughs> I suppose you can be like, yay, we got number six. Well, listen, I we got to talk about that because I think that there actually is a case to be made for trying to win on Sunday. Uh, I do want to get to some other stuff first, uh, and we'll circle back to that. Also, I want to I want to talk about Puka later because um, I think he's kind of a part of that discussion. The like, there's not a lot of takeaways here from the secondary today. They're who we thought they were. Um, just a lot of sloppy plays from some of those guys. I, I'm i happy the Rams are in the playoffs. And, like, listen, man, if you're in the playoffs, all you have to do is win four games. Uh, but to truly, like, be – get to where they want to be next year. Because, like, going into this year, we were like, if some pieces end up performing, there's an easy path to being in the mix next year. Like, now that we've seen – the pieces assembled and the guys who broke out 
who the majority of our biggest contributors this year are under contract for next year. Like now it's going from a playoff team to a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And clearly after 16 games, the number one thing they need to do is bring in a a cornerback. You know, like if only they, they had like, if only there was a way for this team to get a all pro cornerback, you know, uh, if only they didn't just dump one. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, imagine how good this defense would be with Ramsey. I know I, we did get a third round pick, and that was probably the Byron Young pick, right? So, I believe so. So that makes a trade a lot easier to swallow. Uh, but it's just funny, like, we're coming out here being like, this team is an elite cornerback away from being a Super Bowl contender. And, like, we traded one last year. I know there's cap implications, but I feel like they could have made that work if they wanted to. Now you're forgetting, Steve. We also got Hunter Long from that trade. I don't want to rag on Hunter Long. I feel bad he got injured. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, again, less needs no, more know than, than I do. But, uh. I think the big thing is nobody anticipated, as I said earlier, this being their best draft class, like basically ever, and Kyron Williams becoming Todd Gurley incarnate in the backfield. Uh, so I get why they traded Ramsey, but like we, that's that's the biggest need we need next year. And if that's how they go in the first round, that's fine. But I almost think you need to like spend money on that to assure you are getting a guy there uh, because this group's not, not going to cut it. Yeah, no, but again, I have to say the fact that we're even here is still a miracle to me. It's, it's insane. And like, we're here with, with the secondary kind of, the only real surprise here is how well Akella Witherspoon is playing, and he's a guy I love to keep, but, like, none of the other guys broke out. Like, there was no breakout guy in the secondary among the young guys. Like, Jordan Fuller, we know, has already been good. I mean, he he had a decent game here. He had that interception that was really nice. Uh, and other starting safety right now is John Johnson. So it's like there was no breakout player in the secondary and we are still nine and seven, and our defense is relatively, for the most part, playing well. Uh, it's a testament to Aaron Donald. It's a testament to Raheem Morris, man. Uh, he's he's got all the footage he needs now to go get a head coaching job if it's out there for him. I, I have to say though, Steve, you're, you're cutting my boy Quentin Lake short there, man. Yeah, all right. He had a he had a solid game. Quinn Lake, uh, I, I give him a bunch of credit because he's just kind of being, you know, thrown around wherever they need him and particularly filling that hybrid, you know, linebacker type of role, which I never thought I'd ever really see him do. But you know what, man? He's not doing too bad of a job. You know, maybe he's not perfect or anything, but I'll freaking take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think he probably will be a starter next year because uh, I don't I don't think Jordan Fuller is coming back. I could see them bringing John Johnson back, not on a cheap deal. Um, yeah. 
Speaking of vets, I'd love to bring back too, man. Demarcus Robinson in this game, six catches yeah. for ninety-two yards on ten targets. Uh, he had four. He he led the Rams in targets. <laughs> uh, he fumbled twice. He lost one, but like he's been a delight down the stretch here. It's it's kind of insane that he wasn't playing when Cooper Cup was out there. Like again. Tutu Atwell suited up here, right? He just didn't play again. They're just they've just moved on. Yeah, I, I believe that's what happened. He didn't really play much. All that all that uh apology tour we did. Now he's just back on the bench. I I, I don't understand. But Robinson's playing great and I wonder what money is gonna look like for him in the offseason. Like if if there's not a big market around for him, I would love to just resign him and and keep this th- group of three guys together because uh, it's working. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? He he's done a hell of a job. I I think that you you do want to keep a guy like Robinson around, but again, it really just depends on his market. And this is a past happy league, so I do see a team out there that may be willing to poach him. Yeah, anything like four million a year or lower is a no-brainer. Bring the guy back, like a two-year, eight million dollar deal, if he's available for that. Uh, he's he, he's been great. He, he he's been a big part of the last couple weeks too. This offense kind of elevating itself. I I want to talk about Pook in a bit. I want to talk about the special teams. Uh, but is there anyone else you wanted to call out in this game? I know we already called out Kobe Turner. Had to had to give uh, Kobe Turner a shout. Uh, let's see, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think we pretty much covered. Yeah, cool. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the special teams, man. <laughs> this was a historically bad performance by the special teams in this game, kind of like a real come to Jesus moment here to in like, there's been a lot made about how bad this unit has been this year. There was a, I don't remember who put the tweet out, but somebody mentioned that they have the six worst defensive adjusted value over average DVOA, um, which is saying like how your defense compares to the league average. They have the six worst DVOA in the history of the NFL. Uh, for context, they're, DVOA this year was like negative nine, and the next worst team was the Patriots at negative three. So they are three times worse than the next worst team. Uh, they are leading the league in missed extra points and missed field goals. Uh, they're the only team in the league to allow two punt return touchdowns this season. Uh, Ethan Evans' net punt average is 39.1, which is not good. Part of that is because of how bad the return coverage is. Uh, like, like before we even get into the the Bill Ma- Maher coming back, Brett Maher, Jesus, my, my work brain, uh, <laughs> Brett Maher coming back, Lucas Haversick out. Like, before we even get to that, like, this is not an inclusive adjust a kicker problem. Like, I don't know what they need to do to solve like it, this. This is our current special teams coordinator's first year, right? Like we fired the guy last year. I'm blanking on yeah. either of their names. 
Yes. Um, this is our, our current special team coordinator. And now that, uh, now that you mentioned it, I, I forget his name too. I think it was Blackburn or something like that. Uh, Chase Blackburn. Yeah. When you Google Rams special teams coach, the first thing that comes up uh, in the autofill is John Fossil. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, basically who, <laughs> who we miss. Who we miss big time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to, to sit here and say that last year's special teams wasn't that great, that's fine. But then you look at this year and it's like, how did we get progressively worse? Like, and, and you know, you brought, you brought up some really good points here, you know, especially with Ethan Evans. Like, if you really look at Ethan Evans' punts, Maybe they're not the best, but they're certainly a lot better than what the statistics are showing. And a lot of it is, as you mentioned, is because the special teams coverage is horrendous. I mean, all you have to do is look at this past game and it pretty much sums up the terrible coverage that we've seen for the majority of the year. So, yeah, I I mean, it it comes to the point where you have to start questioning, like, do you? Do you just fire him midseason? Because I I don't know how he can get much worse than this. Like, they like back the truck up to John Fossil's house, man. I don't know what happened where you ended up moving on from him, but like, what like, what a fucking mistake, man. <laughs> I mean, this has been bad for years. We've we've went on at length about the the return game and how that's just useless, like. It was an annual topic of how we had no returner until we had uh, Brandon Powell for a long time. This is all coming in the post-fossil era. You know, guy made – who is that punt returner we had that went to the Pro Bowl that fumbled in the playoff game? Like, uh, God. Pharaoh Cooper made him an all There we go. <laughs> like, it, this is such a mess, and it's not just the kickers. Like, it's easy to blame the kickers and, like, say, well, special teams hasn't – been bad because we had Matt Gay for for two or three years. It's it has been bad. He just kind of covered it up. We haven't had good punting in a long time. You know, Johnny Hecker was was on his last legs before he left. It's it, it's brutal. And and next year, like they just they haven't taken this seriously in a long time. You know, even like they they kind of fell face first into Matt Gay, like. He came in mid-season and ended up becoming the highest-paid kicker in the league when he left. That I don't really credit them for for being geniuses there. They they could have signed him at the start of that season and they didn't. It's just it feels like they haven't taken any of this seriously in a long time, and they really need to take it seriously to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they they absolutely have to because there's no way that any team is going to make it to the Super Bowl when you have your special teams giving up so much points and giving like such great field position, it's, it's actually kind of sad watching the special teams on the field because even when the Rams are receiving the football, it's like, they don't even try, you know, they, they don't try at all. They don't return the football because why they don't have anyone to really return it. Mm -hmm. And, it's just it's kind of comical if it if it wasn't so sad, you know. I'm gonna look up something quick. 
Brandon Powell makes $1.2 million. Like, that's just like, that's case in point. They don't take this shit seriously. Like, you couldn't afford to bring back that guy. Matt Gay, I get. We talked about that recently. He became the highest paid or second highest paid kicker in the league. Brandon Powell did not. He would have been a useful offensive player. Uh, You know, not any, like, game-changing offensively, but, like, he was a good return man, a legitimately solid returner who was basically free, and they just let him let him walk. Uh, you know, he's going to be a free agent. Maybe you go on, maybe you go rectify that instead of just trotting out Austin Trammell to fair catch every fucking return. Like Christ, man, they 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 just they need to take this shit seriously at some point. It's it's they, just, it's baffling. They replaced Cooper Cup with Austin Trammell. <laughs> My God, man! I'm sure at some point we'll trot out Puka to to return some some punts because why not? You know. God, let's talk about the kickers because we we hate ourselves here. Uh, <laughs> Lucas Habersick kicked nine games for the Rams last week, missed a field goal. I think he missed a field goal last week, right? And missed – or no, no. He missed two extra points last week, didn't even kick a field goal. They didn't even trot him out for one. On the season, he played in nine games, came in midseason, went 15 of 20 on field goals, 19 of 22 on extra points. Uh Four of his five missed field goals were from less than 50 yards. Uh, now, comparing that to Brett Maher, who is back, who was cut midseason for Lucas Haversick after one bad game. Maher went 17 of 23 on field goals, 12 of 13 on extra points, uh, like I said, in seven games. Two of his field goal misses and one extra point miss came against the Steelers, which... He played a big hand in us losing that game, and as a result, he got cut. I believe, Johnny, correct me if I'm wrong, I think after that happened on the podcast, we talked about it. I said I was not against cutting Brett Maher, but I did not understand why you would cut him after one game to sign Lucas Habersick because you look at Habersick's like, resume, he was not that accurate in college, and he never got a chance in the NFL. And so it's like, well, I think what the Rams are realizing here is Maher was pretty consistently reliable from short range. Uh, four of his missed field goals, I believe, came from 50 yards or more. Uh, but he also made more 50-yard field goals, or he made as many 50-yard field goals with the Rams as Lucas Haversick attempted. I think Lucas Haversick was like, maybe two for three and Maher was three for seven. So it's just like they realized that there wasn't any better options than Maher and they brought it back. It's like, God damn, man. I, I don't even think this is a bad move. I think it's probably the correct move because he was clearly better, but just again, they need to take this shit seriously next year and actually I bring in a real kicker. Like this is crazy. How's that gotta feel if you're Brett Maher? You you end up getting cut and replaced with basically a nobody, only for the team to come crawling back to you a few weeks later. And normally, if he was a better kicker, you would probably just kind of flip off the Rams. 
But since he has no better options, he's like, sure, I'll come back and kick for you again. And, like, God, imagine if we came out of this podcast after Mason Crosby hit a 54-yarder game-winning field goal against us. Like, I cannot imagine. Like, I literally, he tried it out there. I was like, there's just no way. Like, there's no way. There's no way he makes this. I can't live in a world where a kicker who we could have had the whole season, who we had for six days, uh, just kicks us out of the playoffs. Like, my God, man. What a nightmare that would have been. But... Yeah, I don't, no. I'm not, I'm not going to victory lap saying they probably shouldn't have cut Maher for Haversick. Because, like, who fucking cares? <laughs> what are we doing? But I don't know, man. I, I, I never liked that they cut him. They didn't give him his revenge game against the Cowboys. Yeah, that was the other thing. Not that there was really much to really apply to that game either. Yeah, it's just sign a kicker. In the offseason, you know, right now, this is the correct move. Maher is a more reliable kicker than Haversick. Is there a chance he misses four field goals in a game in the playoffs? Of course there is. But I would rather bet on him than what we've seen out of Lucas Haversick. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Hold that thought real quick because we need to talk about prize picks. Now, your fantasy football seasons probably ended last week. If they didn't, you need to sit your commissioner down and have a deep, long discussion with that person because that's insane. But for the rest of us who play normal leagues, fantasy football is over. But with prize picks, you can keep the fun going. And now, a lot of daily fantasy apps I'm not a fan of because they make you deal with salary caps and you're playing against other players. But what I love about prize picks is you're just playing against yourself. They're giving you lines of a stat line and all you have to do is bet more or less and it's just that simple you join you join you place a couple place a couple picks it basically runs as a parlay and if you hit them all you're going to win a ton of money and if you don't hit them all if you miss one you're still going to win some solid money uh, it's just it's really simple you just pick your players pick pick more or less than the numbers and you let it ride and there's always some fun bets you know Mike Evans in a must-win game, 67.5 receiving yards. Bijan Robinson in a must-win game, 66.5 rushing yards. You know, it feels like they're just giving it away here because I would take the over on both of those. Uh, it's really simple, and if you want to get in on the action and get a little boost, we got your back here. Go to prizepicks.com slash Ramstalk and use the promo code Ramstalk, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, for your first deposit match up to $100. So that means if you put in $100, you're going to get $200 to play with. It's going to be running through the playoffs. It's going to be running through the NBA season and other sports. There's no better time to get in on the action with prize picks. Again, prizepicks.com slash Ramstalk or put our promo code into the app, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk about the playoffs. And the matchup coming up on Sunday, 125 Pacific Time against the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are locked into the one seed. 
They have nothing to play for. Christian McCaffrey's already been ruled out. They have a bye now, and so it'll be interesting to see how much they rest their guys. I would imagine they don't play anyone in this game. Like, what's the point? Now, for us, Johnny, because you keep saying this is a meaningless game, the difference between the 6 and the 7 seed is if you're the 6 seed, you are probably going to Detroit and playing the Lions, almost certainly. If you're the 7 seed, you're most likely playing the Cowboys in Dallas. If they get upset and the Eagles win their game, then you're playing the Eagles and if both of them get upset, get upset, then you're playing the Lions if the Lions win. But uh, I don't – if I'm the Lions, I'm I'm not trying this week. Uh, I, I don't know why they would. If the Packers win their game, they're in the playoffs. And so if they win and we lose, we drop to the seventh seed. And – I, I, this has got to be a fascinating conversation in, in the Rams room because, like, I think they could still beat the 49ers backups with our backups, potentially. But I don't know, man. A part of me, I don't know if it's worth risking injury to get the sixth seed. But, like, I would much rather play the Lions than the Cowboys or the Eagles. I don't care how bad the Eagles look right now. And I don't think, I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose this week. But we already play the Cowboys, man. I think we have a much better shot against the Lions. I'm almost inclined to go out there and try and win this game. I mean, maybe you rest Aaron Donald, uh, or I don't know, rest some guys who, who are banged up, but I don't know. I I don't like giving up the sixth spot and dropping down and going to Dallas. I don't think that would benefit us. I mean, theoretically speaking, you're correct. Um I I don't think there is much of a benefit to uh to you know kind of risking your your players uh but also at the same time it's like even if the Rams are matched up with the Cowboys they're probably going to have to face them at some point anyway. Uh you know if I'm going to be real here for a second I'm probably going to you know uh get a lot of pissed off fans here but Realistically speaking, how how realistic is it for the Rams to make the Super Bowl? And the truth is, not very likely. You know, I, I, I'd love to say that the Rams are going to make the Super Bowl, but that's not a bet I take. And realistically, most people wouldn't, unless you're a diehard fan that just thinks the Rams are going to win every single game. Most I, people exist. I, I agree, but I still think you should go into the playoffs – under the impression that you have a shot. Well, I would hope so. If you're, if you're the team, uh, <laughs> if, if you're going in with the expectation, Oh yeah, yeah. never mind. Uh, we, we, we accomplished our goal. Then no, then yeah, you're, you're, you're going to suck. But um, I suppose any given Sunday, but uh, I, I got to say, I'm not all that confident. And, you know, I, I say, you know, just play um, any any team. I don't think it's going to matter. Even a, a game against the Lions is not going to be an easy game. No, it's more no. doable than the Cowboys, though. I just think if we play the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb is going to have four hundred and fifty-seven yards. Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But and and you you are right that we're going to have to play them 
we might have to play them at some point. But you you never know, man. The playoffs are are weird. Uh, they anything can happen. I I I do. I am also not betting on this team to win. But you look at how the last couple weeks have gone, man. Like you just the the Cowboys. They they lost to some good teams. They 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 did hold on and beat the Lions. You look you look at the 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 Lions. Um, doing but did they the really beat the Lions? Yeah, God, man. <laughs> I maybe I'm, I'm saying this. There, there were it, it was obviously less consequential than the no call, the famous no call for the Rams in the NFC Championship. But like the fact that a player came up to you and did what he was supposed to do, and you just ignored it and called it anyways, like that's that's worse than a not a no call to me. That's like the like literal just like. I, I don't know what the word is for like ref malpractice, like just blatantly disregarded somebody coming up to him and correctly telling him what he was supposed to do. Like that's like the, the worst officiating mistake I've ever seen. Also though, getting a five yard penalty and then going for it from the seven is fucking psychotic. Like the uh, dumbest, the dumbest thing I've ever seen to follow it up. Just kick the fucking extra point and go to overtime. Well, the, the reason is because their kicker was hurt, if I'm not mistaken. You might be right. I admittedly did not watch the game. Yeah, because uh, otherwise, I, I imagine they would have. They probably wouldn't even gone for the two point conversion uh, at all. But um, they they ended up uh, because of the kicker getting hurt. Um, but still, it was it was a horrific end. But, uh, you know, it, I think we all know that the Lions deserve to win. But in the end, there was ways that they could have won. Much like how <laughs> how the, the Rams ended up beating the Saints that one time. Yeah, but, you know, what What gives me some hope, man, is like the, Ra- the Baltimore Ravens d- dismantled the Dolphins. The Dolphins the week before that beat the Cowboys. Uh, the Ravens dismantled the 49ers. The Ravens dismantled the, the Lions earlier in, in the year. The Rams very much could have beaten that team. The And that's like, that's really like the only true test we have since the bye week. I mean, this, depending on how you feel about the Seahawks. But, but, but no, even like, I know it was Joe Flacco's first game, but like we took care of business against the Browns. We all we lost to the Ravens in overtime. Uh, we have just been taking care of business everywhere, and other teams, everyone else in the NFC, has been floundering a little bit. Uh, like, I do I think that the Rams can realistically beat the Lions, beat the Cowboys, and then beat the Forty ers Like, no. But I'm not ruling this out, man. Like, they look fantastic, even though we didn't look fantastic this week. Uh, I just, like, I, I genuinely think they have, a, like, Ed, Ed, all you have to do is win four games. I don't, I think it's unlikely they're going to win four straight games in the Super Bowl. But I, I don't think, there's not a playoff game we enter where I'm going to be like, yeah, they have no chance of winning. Like, I, I think they'll have a shot in every game. They'll be the underdog in every game, as they should. But, like, they have a shot against any of these teams until we 
get to the Super Bowl and potentially get dismantled by the Ravens. Like, we – I don't know. I don't know. I'm back in. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, man. I, of course, I'm going to always root for my team. Uh, I would much rather be wrong. I've been wrong many times. So um, I will absolutely love to eat crow if the Rams end up, you know, making it to the Super Bowl. Hell, even winning the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, we'll see, man. I I, I love uh, I love football, obviously. So this is going to be any given Sunday. And uh, stranger things have happened, man. Now, regardless of whether or not they should, do you think they're going to rest a lot of players in this game? Uh, I do think they're going to rest some of them. Yeah, I think they're going to rest a ton of guys. I I think especially some of the guys that are kind of, you know, on the mend. Like, I imagine Cooper Cup will probably, uh, you know, rest this game because – if you really seen him the past few weeks, Cooper Cup has not looked 100% healthy. Um, he's out there, and you know he can he could participate, but he's definitely not looking like you know the 100% Cooper Cup um, because he, he just you you can see him even wincing out there from time to time. So hopefully, you know he they rest him this week, and this way he can be a little bit more fresh when he goes into the playoffs. You know, there's a couple other guys. Like, I don't imagine you really need to send Aaron Donald out there. Um, maybe some of the offensive linemen that are kind of uh, tweaked up a little bit, like uh, maybe Alaric Jackson, maybe rest uh, Rob Havenstein. Uh, but, yeah, I, I imagine the 49ers will be doing the same. So it, it should be an interesting game just from the perspective that It'll be interesting to see who's going to be out there. Like, uh, we may get a healthy dose of uh, Carson Wentz if they want to rest Matthew Stafford, uh, which I'm all for, man. I, I kind of want to see what Carson Wentz has left in the tank. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you resting any of the offensive linemen, rest Matthew Stafford. Yes. That, that's how I'm viewing it. Like, <laughs> that that would just be crazy. Um, now, this is why I wanted to save talking about Puka Nakua, Johnny, because he is – like at the front at the front steps or at the top of the mountain about to finish his climb to a bunch of rookie records but he has to play in this game to reach them he needs four receptions to at 105 receptions which would break Jalen Waddle's rookie receptions record that was set what like 2 years ago uh he needs 29 yards to get to 1474 yards to break Bill Groman's rookie receiving yardage record which has stood for 63 years. Uh, 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 if he only gets 11 yards, he passes Jamar Chase, who's second, who you would say has the, the modern era record. Uh, but And if he has a 100-yard game, which is the most meaningless one, but it's still pretty insane. If he has 100 yards, he'll have his eighth 100-yard game, which would make him the most 100-yard games for a rookie, he would pass Odell Beckham and Justin Jefferson. Uh, right now, they're all tied at seven. I want to see. I want this guy to fucking play, man. I want him to shatter all these records. I don't care how banged up he is. Let, you know he wants to do this. Let this man go out there and break a 63-year-old record. Like, you got to do it. Do you remember the 
the karmic voodoo that came on the Colts where they rested a bunch of players in a season where they were undefeated and lost to the Jets and then ended up losing to the Jets again in the playoffs. Like, you, you can't fuck with fate, man. You have to let him play and rack up a couple yards and then take him out immediately. Yeah, I I, I, I do think that with uh, with Puka, uh, in fact, if... Uh, refresh my memory, Steve. Uh, didn't this happen recently? I, I don't remember if it was Justin Jefferson or if it was Jamar Chase, where they they uh, played uh, played him for like a half, and it was basically just to to beat one of the records, and then he just sat for the rest of the game. Uh, was that Chase or was that Jefferson? I. I guess it probably well if it was Chase though he didn't uh, he didn't end up breaking the record so I don't know huh I I remember it was one of those two um, they only played him for for like a half or maybe even a quarter um, I'm all for them doing that you know just uh, playing him for a half letting him because both of the records that um, Puka has the opportunity to beat is very doable. You know, and you don't need to play the entire game to do it. I say let him do it. Um, play him for a half. That should be more than enough time. Oh, you are right. It was uh, he caught two passes in week 18, breaking the franchise record. But, yeah, I wonder if they – or he broke the franchise record for yards in a single season, period. That's fucking crazy. Um yeah, why didn't they? I wonder if they actually took him out after that to not break the rookie record. I don't know, but I want to see him do it, man, for sure. Me too. Uh, and all these guys we're talking about here, like the the air he's in, like Odell Beckham, Randy Moss, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. These are all first round picks. Like he is a fifth round pick doing this shit. It's unprecedented stuff, uh, and I hope I hope they let him do it. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't. Mean, is it even worth predicting this game? Ah, <laughs> uh, I still, I think they still win. I think Carson Wentz gets them a victory. I, I hope so. I, I hope so, man. I, I, if nothing else, I hope that this is an opportunity for Carson Wentz to basically do the Baker Mayfield like treatment, where he ends up getting a second shot at his career. Because Carson Wentz isn't old, you know. I it feels like he's been in the league forever, but he's not old. So he he's I think he's older than Baker Mayfield, if I'm not mistaken. But definitely thirty uh, one. Yeah, so he, he still has an opportunity to play. Um, so if he ends up having himself a good game this week, I say you know why not? Maybe uh, there's a lot of teams out there looking for a new quarterback. Um, if no, if not, I'd happy. I'd be happy to have him back as a backup next year. I think there's like an, unless he gets playing time in the playoffs, I think there's an almost 0% chance he's a week one starter next year. Yeah, same, but. So, I, I didn't so many teams. Had, what'd you say? 
I didn't think Baker Mayfield would be a starter either, though. Yeah, but I just think so many teams had a chance to bring Carson Wentz in and didn't. Yeah, that's and like true. That just kind of tells me that there, there's not a lot of interest in him as a starter. With Baker, I mean, he was a starter at the beginning of that season, got cut, we bring him in, and then does enough to get him, himself a second job. I, I mean, though, I'll be... I, I, regardless of what happens in this game, I think I'd still be happy to have Carson Wentz as our backup next year. And I hope they keep him around. Just like we, again, like shit they don't take seriously. We've seen what happens when Brett Rippon starts the game. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think we could wrap it up there, Johnny. Unless you have any parting thoughts. Uh, just uh, go Rams. Go Rams. It'll be a nice stress-free game on Sunday, and we will be back next week to do a playoff preview podcast. Who would have thought? What a world. Uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Go Rams. <laughs>